Welcome back, Bolt fam, to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. Colin Appel, Miles Raruka here. We are your co-host, and we are getting ready to talk Chargers football. Big game coming up this week on primetime Sunday night football, Chargers Niners. We're going to get into all of it, but first, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Um ready for this weekend it's we're recording this it's friday night here in nebraska um tgif got a lot of football on this weekend most importantly sunday night obviously um back-to-back sunday night games now for us uh chiefs game got flex that's that's exciting um but yeah man i'm i'm ready to go got a lot of thoughts about this game and shit man i'm looking forward to talking about it yeah it, it should be a good one um as you mentioned the Chiefs game did get flexed into Sunday night football the following week, next week. So back-to-back weeks here on primetime, which should be, I mean, it, it's going to be awesome or it's going to be bittersweet or it's just going to be a nightmare. So hopefully it's uh, at least bittersweet. But, yeah, man, it, it should be a good matchup this week. I I'm excited to talk about it after digging into the Niners a little bit more, I I had only really seen them from afar, watched them from afar this season. So, you know, I know early on in the year, I like, and we'll get into this too, but just like quick off the top of my head, they've kind of already had like two seasons and in, inside one so far. I mean, it feels like the days where Trey Lance was starting I mean, that, that already feels like a year ago since he got hurt. Um, so, yeah, it, it's they're a different team, especially after the trade deadline. They made some big splashes, you know, Christian McCaffrey coming over from Carolina. So just a lot going on for them. But um, overall, I think that the Chargers stack up nice against this team. And um, it should be a should be a fun battle. Yeah, um, definitely. I think the the question is going to be how that de- how our sorry what I should say is how our offense lack of weapons is going to match up against their defense. They definitely boast one of the better defenses in the league. Um, so yeah, man, we'll just have to see. Yeah. I'm just prime time always gets me excited. So prime time Herbert's something that is fun to watch. So yeah, I mean, what we were we attended the last primetime game so that was fun uh the outcome not so much but being at arrowhead under the lights um when you know everyone's watching was was pretty fun so fun atmosphere and i know it'll be i've never been to what is it levi stadium Levi stadium yeah in i know it's not technically in san i think it's in santa clara yep. but i know that'll be a crazy atmosphere on sunday night the niners Look, Niners Nation goes hard, man. I have been to one Chargers and Niners game. I think it was 2018 at StubHub. If you can remember that game, Chargers won. uh, Got off to a really shaky start. I think we were down like 14-0 maybe in the first quarter. Yeah, against C.J. Beathard of all people, so... Yes, yeah, CJ Beathard started Garoppolo, I think, Torres ACL like a week or two prior yep. at Kansas City. Yep. And uh 
Yeah, man. That was so. I think we've played him since then, though, haven't we? we we've had to. Have... No, that was the last time. That was that was four years ago. That was in 2018. So this has been, this is the first time we've played them since then. So. Nice. Wow. So, that's cool. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was a Niner, but didn't play like we just mentioned. He towards ACL. So uh, I think this is the first time chargers have faced Jimmy G. Yeah. Def, yeah. Cause Bethard. Yeah. Like we just mentioned, Bethard was in that game. And so, yeah, this would be the first time that we would be playing Jimmy G. So again, another, another matchup that'll be fun to watch is how our defense goes up against the quarterback. That's pretty middle of the pack. So definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, for sure, man. But Hey, before we jump into all of that, I got to ask you, and because I'm I'm excited to share mine, but what you drinking? It's Friday night, man. None of this water, Kool Aid, BS. Give, give me something good. What are, what are we sipping on? Uh right here. I got the champagne of beers, as it says. I got a good old. <laughs> that's literally what it says on the can. Miller High Life. Uh, uh, dude, oh shit! Except life. I just spilled half of it on my fucking computer god damn it <laughs> hold on i got a fucking technical difficulties uh, this is what happens when didn't you go on the mic having a, didn't go on the mic a football and beer podcast Fuck. that was dumb of me but i need to find a better recording space than sitting in my goddamn bedroom probably so but yeah uh champagne of beers miller high life half of it's now on my computer uh hopefully everything functions still okay but yeah that's what i'm drinking tonight <laughs> good stuff man um Dude, God, it's been forever since I've had a good old high life. But, yeah, you know, I like Miller. Miller Life, Miller High Life. It's, uh, he, he wiping off the... Yes. Sorry, guys. Fucking, I'm an idiot. Keyboard, yeah, I'm man. an idiot. Um, I kind of... That's I all right. You, you're good, man. Uh, whatever. I also just, I, cre- I guess I created a clip. I don't know what the fuck that means. But, all right, yeah. Miller High Life for me. Um, Like I said, my keyboard got the first taste of it. So now it's my turn. So yeah, keyboard drinks first. Yes, sir. You know the rules, baby. So what do you, I know? You're super excited over there. What do you What do you got? What do you got over there? Yeah. So I went over to the local bakers, which I don't think they have bakers in Lincoln. I think it's just Omaha. I've never even heard of it. So yeah, it's like a it's the same thing as like a Kroger. So gotcha. If you've heard of yeah, that, or yeah, yeah, I know what Kroger but, is. Um, it's also kind of similar to Hy-Vee in my opinion, but they they have the same thing that Hy-Vee has where it's like the pick six okay. and they have a bunch of different beers and you can just mix and match whatever you're feeling. So um, as I was picking out my six, I noticed this can, which I'm, fam- I'm familiar with the, the brewing company. It's Nebraska Brewing Company, very popular brewing company here in Nebraska, um, but never really seen this this type of can because they have different like all their cans have different designs but you know it's nebraska brewing company by the way the, the designs are that makes sense yep. it's recognizable so i i, I rec- recognized a can that i hadn't seen and threw it in the in the cart without really checking it out got home it was the first one that i grabbed i started reading the label and i'm like wow this actually sounds really good and I've already cracked it, so I can't crack it for you guys, but it is amazing. I'll, I'll give you a quick, I'll just read what the, the can says on the side here. Okay, It says, uh, by the way, the name of this 
glorious beer is EOS Hefeweizen Ale. Hefeweizen Ale. I think that's a German. I'm looking it up. Word name. But anyways, it says this beer is the goddess of the dawn is fitting for the golden aspects of the color and striking aroma of this unfiltered Bavarian style beer. Medium body and a huge banana like aroma creates a wonderful drinkability unlike many others. So it has like a banana aroma and scent to it. It's really good. I'm looking at the can, man. It's it's kind of got some charger colors going on there. Uh dude, it does. Can looks it's sick. got some blue. Some blue, yeah, some, it is yeah, some blue, some gold. Yeah, I was just looking at it. It looks I mean, just by the looks of it, it looks really good. So Amen. 5.2%, 13 IBU. That's what we're sipping on, baby. It's it's if anyone if any of our listeners are listening that uh, are in Nebraska, go go check it out. I think you can probably I don't know since it's a Nebraska brewing company, like if they can sell that stuff outside of you know Nebraska or if you can find it outside of Nebraska. So might be a tough find if you're not from this part of the country, but man, is it delicious. Yeah, it looks it looks really good. I'm gonna have to try to keep an eye out for those. So yeah, it's great. And I, and I got a, a fat tire here to back me up. So there you go, this man. one's probably not going to last me more than a few more minutes. And I've been been making some some moves on it. So, yeah, man, that is what I'm drinking. Let's let's dive into this bitch. Let's let's get into let's it. Chargers Niners, man. We'll, we'll start at the injury report because that's where we usually start. So diving into the Chargers side of the injury report. I think the big notables um, and that they've kind of been the mainstays here on the injury report for a while, but Keenan Allen, Mike Williams out, not going to see them Sunday night against the Niners. So it looks like it will once again be the, the band of Deandre Carter, Joshua Palmer, Gerald Everett and Austin Eckler. And a little bit of Michael Bandy in there. He's he's been making some some decent catches. So that's what they're gonna be gonna be rocking with as far as uh receivers come Sunday night. Um I did see something on Twitter. I think Daniel Popper tweeted that Brandon Staley said there's a a really good chance Mike Williams will, will be back sometime next week in practice at a limited capacity. So that that is trending positive with Mike Williams. Like Keenan Allen, still just the biggest question mark I think in the universe. Um, don't know. I mean, I'm tired of. I'm just tired at this point of of trying to guess and anticipate when he can be back and and be full full go. So that one is just kind of in limbo, but. Um, any other big noticeables? I mean, I know Dustin Hopkins as well is not going to be kicking again this week. Cameron Dicker will be back. Sounds like, I mean, I don't know how that's going to go. I, I would assume even if Taylor Bertolet comes back, I think they might just stay with Dicker until Hopkins comes back um, just to have some continuity there. 
But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Cameron Dicker is kicking this week. Um, any other big noticeables on the, the, I mean, they're, I'll let you cover the, there's a few more, but yeah, give me your import input, man. Yeah. I don't think Keenan Allen, Mike Williams in practice all week. Um, I mean that blows, but it's not surprising that neither one of them won't be available or will be available, uh, Sunday night. So not really big, too big of a shock there. Um, Chris Rumpf listed as doubtful. I kind of found that a little bit surprising. He did practice in limited capacity yesterday and today, so I thought he probably earned himself at least a questionable tag, but no, he's listed as doubtful, so we will be without Chris Rumpf. And then um, Trey Pipkins has not practiced all week, but is listed as questionable, and along with Brennan Hymas. Um, but speaking on Trey Pipkins, you know, I, I would – kind of be surprised if he played um obviously that would be huge if he did or else we're gonna see storm norton play with nick bosa um and that sounds absolutely frightening so um yeah uh trey pipkins again i would be surprised if he played uh still kind of nursing that mcl that he uh, re-aggravated. Let's see, that would have been last week. Re-aggravated that MCL. Um, hope he can make it because for sure against that 49ers D-line, that would be extremely tough to see uh, somebody like Storm Norton out there. Or I guess an earlier report this week said Foster Sorrell was actually taking first-team reps. Um, so that definitely could be a change I honestly, I don't know if I would mind that change just because at this point, shit, he store Norton's so bottom of the barrel that any kind of change outside of him could be a good thing. So yeah, man. Um, like I mentioned, I'd be surprised if, uh, Pipkins plays, but, uh, that's definitely scary if he doesn't and shit, I guess this, this is just a season that we live in is just full of disappointments on the injury report. So Yeah. Yeah, and I'm right there with you on Pipkins. I mean, in my opinion, I would – I mean, if, if the decision were up to me personally, I would sit him Sunday night. Um, look, we saw what – we saw how amazing Trey Pipkins, you know, year started before he got hurt with the MCL issue. Um, and then we saw a couple of weeks of him clearly being affected by it, trying to battle through it. Um, the bye week came and went and he got a little bit better. I think that was evident, um, in the game last week before he went down. I mean, he, he did not, he looked, I mean, he just looked improved from the previous weeks that we had seen him. And, um, from my understanding, this is a type of injury that if you, how did I see it phrased on Twitter? It was like, if you, if you re-injure it, retweak it whatever, resprain it, um, you kind of start from like ground zero. So whatever, and it, it's, oh, this is what it was. It's an injury that is usually healed by scar tissue. So when you break that up and cause more scar tissue, it kind of starts from, it goes back to the beginning, kind of like you, your, your healing process starts over. And it sounds like that's kind of what happened. He might have retweaked it, resprained it, and He's he's kind of set back now. I think a, a, 
to where he was before the bye week. So I think he could probably play him. Um, might make things worse. You might just not get the absolute best Trey Pipkin. So, you know what, man? I'm I'm, I'm okay with with sitting him this weekend and and having a, a serviceable, formidable Trey Pipkins uh, against Kansas City next week. But that's just kind of the wavelength that I'm on. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. And then I guess that kind of that kind of takes us into really the only notable. 49er injury is Eric Armstead, who is the DN opposite of Nick Bosa. So, I mean, I guess that would make me a little bit more comfortable just knowing that it's not going to be a two-headed monster coming from, you know, Nick Bosa, obviously all pro, absolute elite defensive end. And then whoever the hell they're going to put on that other side, at least it's not going to be Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead coming after Justin Herbert. So, you know, it's kind of like a soul for a soul at this point. You know, if we lose Pipkins for the game, they lose Armstead for the game. We'll call it even. So, yeah, and I mean, I think another big not- notable injury on that side—one that very, very recent and fresh—and a guy that we know very well. But man, poor Jason Verrett, no kidding, man, cannot catch a break, dude. Um, I I saw somewhere on Twitter this week that like it, it just was like all of his career injuries like listed and it was insane it was like two achilles tears three torn acls um there were one or two other like major injuries on there as well and he has missed now officially 89 out of 129 possible games in his career jeez that that's tough it's just insane <laughs> that's tough like that's I mean, yeah, you never like to see that, especially, I mean, a guy, like I said, you know, we're just so familiar with him, uh, with his time being a charger. And, yeah, you you root for a guy like that, but he will not be playing this this week. Obviously, he's out for the season um, with that injury. So another big loss there. This is a, you know, this is a defense where, you know, I'll, I'll pull it up right now. As far as defending the pass, uh, you know, th- this team is top, you know, towards the top of the league, Um, not quite top five. It looks like they're sitting one, two, three, four, eighth right now in, in passing yards allowed per game right at 199. So losing Jason Verrett could very well be a good thing for, for Justin Herbert. It will be a good thing for Justin Herbert. Um, and the offense, uh, as far as rushing defense, that is where these guys are elite. I mean, they are literally number one in the NFL in rushing defense allowed. So 86.6 yards a game is what they're giving up. And I think this is where I've been going back here real quick to kind of wrap up the injury section, you know, Going back to Trey Pipkins and that scenario, that's where I think Justin Herbert is is healthy enough now, more comfortable in the last couple of weeks coming off the bye where he he can probably rip some of those throws and and be a little bit of himself again. Um, So I'm not necessarily worried. I think he can find a way to be Justin Herbert and amaze all of us 
what has me worried is is the the ground game, and that's that's going to be a big test for this offense. Um, you know, I, I'm excited though. Isaiah Spiller had a, had a nice little game last week. You know, figure he should get a few more touches probably um, going into this week. So, you know, between Spiller, Eckler, and this offensive line, it's going to be fun to see, or maybe not fun to see how this. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about the word. I'm not sure about the word fun, but yeah, it's it's going to be one of those, especially if we want Justin to be able to perform to the best of his ability. We're going to need to kind of get some weight off of his shoulders and rely on the ground game a bit and against this defensive front and um San Fran I just I don't know how possible it's going to be it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on so uh but Justin throwing the ball especially I feel way more confident right now than I did a few weeks ago uh he looked he looked so much more improved last week looked like the ribs weren't much of a concern for him last week. Let's just hope that, you know, he can keep that going. So. Yeah. I mean, he definitely looked more like the Justin Herbert that we know. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully another week goes by. I think, I think we'll really start to see a lot, a lot more of those throws that we've kind of been missing and, and haven't seen for a few weeks. So that, that's really exciting. Um, I think this is a good time to transition to the keys of the game and, you know, talking about this Niners defense. I mean, that I can go ahead and start us off here. Cause I know, you know, that's definitely one of my keys is, you know, have to establish the, the ground game. Um, I look, my, my issue with the, the ground game, I think is just the scheme that we're currently running. And look, I know, I know Austin Eckler is is that guy, but all these one, two, three yard, you know, runs up the middle, where you know a lot of them just get a lot of them just go for one or two yards, if not back to the line of scrimmage. Um, that's what I it just annoys me the most about our, our our ground game. It just seems like this is the area where I think it separates good offensive coordinators from great offensive coordinators. You know, it's like you have the passing game kind of figured out. You know, you have Justin Herbert. You have weapons, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Austin Eckler in the passing game. I think you could argue he's more dangerous in the passing game than he is in the running game. He's just a unique running back like that. So um, the lack of creativity on the ground is just what frustrates me the most about our our, our our running game. Um, so hopefully we can see a little bit more creativity. And, and like I said, with Isaiah Spiller, seeing some action, finally, um, it's just a, a breath of fresh air, especially since Josh Kelly went down. Um, you know, that was a big, big loss for, for this offense. So yeah, man, establishing the the run game is, is the number one key for me. They don't like, they don't have to go for 150, you know, or even a hundred plus, they just have to rip off some nice runs here and there, um, stay balanced enough where Justin Herbert and the passing game can, can make some big plays and, and, uh, go out and win this ball game. I think, and we can get, we can get into this later in predictions, but I don't think it's going to be a, a, 
a high scoring game. So uh, I think it's going to be a, a game where a few plays here and there, big plays, chunk plays um, could definitely be the, the difference maker. So establishing the, the run game is the first key. The second key for me is going to be protecting Justin Herbert. This offensive line, um, we'll find out more about Trey Pipkins as we get closer to game time. But I'm just going to assume he's not going to be there. So whether it is Foster, Sorrell, or so help me God if it's Storm Norton, uh, the Chargers just have to do enough there. Again, they don't have to, you know, not allow a sack. I mean, if like Nick Bosa on the on the other side of that line um, is going to be coming after him the entire game. So it's okay if you let up a sack or two, but for the most part, they just have to give him enough time to, to find some of these guys downfield. Look, we don't have any burners on this offense. No, no speedsters that are going to be able to get down the field consistently. Um, you know, with, with enough time from Herbert to, to give them an open look. I think that's kind of been highlighted over the past few weeks. You know, the deep shots are there. You know, some of these these film clips I've seen, um, they're there. It's just one, you know, whether or not Herbert trusts his ribs to make the throw or he doesn't even have time to, to look up and, and see, you know, the, the play develop because of the, the pass rush. So keep him, keep him uh, protected, yeah. keep him on his feet. Uh, Going to be a, a huge part of this. This yeah. game. And then finally, quick, for me, real quick, or go ahead. Uh, right before you transition to your next one, just uh, going back based off of you know the Herbert shots downfield. Did you see Dan Orlovsky basically his quote the other day where he was like, he's pretty much just throwing it downfield because to throw it downfield. Like basically, essentially in his quote, I don't what sh- whatever show he's on, I don't know. I don't half those dudes are idiots, but he basically essentially said he's basically just. He doesn't have the weapons to throw the ball downfield, but he's just throwing. He's not. Uh, I don't remember. You you know what I'm talking about though. The Dan Orlovsky interview. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was just something absolutely stupid about how Justin Herbert just throws the ball downfield inaccurately or something along those lines. Yeah, I did see that. Um, I don't really know where he was. I mean, I kind of. I mean, there there might be one or two throws a game that might fall into that category of like, you know, it's a safe enough throw where you're not throwing the ball away. You keep it in balance, but it just doesn't, doesn't really have a chance of being completed. Um, no, I mean, for the most part, I, I think a lot of it has just been on, on the ribs. I don't think that's been highlighted enough on the national stage. I mean, every time I, I see or hear a clip on Herbert, whether it's from, you know, whatever, you know, sports talk show is it's from, um, they, they almost never bring up his ribs. You know, they brought it up like the, the first following first few couple days after the, the chiefs came. And then it's like, no one has talked about him really being hurt this entire time. So, um, I just think that's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Some, like we'll, some... we'll knock, we'll knock everything else about him and, and critique him, but Oh, we'll fail to mention that. Yeah. By the way, dude's playing with like Busted powdered ribs. ribs. Yeah. I don't know. Some people are just delusional, but sorry, continue. What's your, what's your third take of the game? Third take of the game is defense, not allowing fucking 
game changing momentum building plays. It, like, I think they've done a, a, a. This is an interesting one. They've done a good enough job at like not allowing those plays to happen in pivotal parts of the game, which I think every like big 50, 40, 60 yard touchdown run this year has come in like the first half at least. So that part of it has been good, but just the initial fact of, Hey, you're giving up these big ass plays, whether it's a 50 yard run that, that breaks free and goes all the way to the house. Um, they just can't do that, man. I think look, they have the quarterback edge in this matchup. I don't think Jimmy G strikes fear in defenses the way that Justin Herbert does. And so you're not going to let Jimmy G beat you because I don't think he, I don't think he literally, I don't think he can just take over a game and and beat you like Justin Herbert can, but you can't let, you can't let Jimmy G get fucking lucky and and have a running back crack one for, for 60 yards that, that gets him back into the game. You know, like, so I guess limiting the, the big play is my, my third key um, of the game. So I think if we do all those things, you know, it, it'll be a good outcome for the Chargers, but we'll see, man. Yeah. We'll see how this, this defense comes out, how this offensive line protects Herbert, and we'll see what the uh, the running game can do. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, a lot of my a lot of my key takeaways are just kind of piggybacking off of yours. So my my very first one is um just happy you brought up Jimmy G is uh we got to limit their playmakers. You know, Jimmy G like you mentioned isn't going to be the one that beats us. It's going to be him getting the ball to guys like Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. That's what's going to kill us. Uh yeah, he's yeah. he's not necessarily he's definitely not elite. He's definitely he's he's a good quarterback, but he's far from what the best quarterback that we've seen this season. So we got to somehow just limit his ability to get the ball. You know, I know that they run a lot of, you know, Debo in the backfield, they'll hand him the ball off and then they'll use McCaffrey in the passing game as he's one of the better uh, pass catching running backs, one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. So, and you know, Shanahan's going to definitely call up some plays. He's got some tricks up his sleeve that are definitely going to allow them to get the ball to those playmakers. So we got to figure out a way to, you know, use our, use our people on defense, you know, use, use our Swiss army knife and Derwin James to kind of take away those plays and, you know, limit them to whatever they can get, just no big plays. And then kind of with that is we got to get after Jimmy G, you know, no Chris Rump's going to hurt. It's probably going to be Khalil Mack on Trent Williams, uh, veteran on veteran. That's going to be really a big matchup to look for. Uh, hopefully we can get some pressure from the interior, which, yeah, we haven't even touched on the release of Jerry Tillery. You know, Colin and I are throwing an absolute parade over here um, after that news drop. But, and now with Austin Johnson out, let's see, we got Sebastian Joseph day and I guess they called up Fajoko. So I would guess that's going to be our two interior D linemen, unless they shift Morgan Fox over to a little bit. Um, which I guess Fox usually does come off, you know, through that A or B gap. So really nothing, nothing crazy there, but we just got to make sure that we can, if we can get to him, that's going to limit his ability to get the ball out to Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, all those guys, all those speedsters that could absolutely cook us with the ball in their hands. And then 
My third and final takeaway from this game is literally just one name, and it's Josh Palmer. Uh, you know, we saw Josh Palmer had a very up and down game last week. You know, put us in put us in a bad situation with that drop that led to a pick, but you know, inevitably put us in a really good situation with those few plays that put us in field goal range to win the game uh, from Cameron Dicker's legs. So, you know, if Josh Palmer can be that guy, if if he can get open, especially with, you know, they're they're defensively the 49ers are really strong in the front seven. You know, you got Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, a um, bunch of guys like that. Uh, so, but if we can just take advantage of some of their dudes in the back, in the back, I know that they're uh, a lot of their cornerbacks, Jason Verrett went down. Uh, the Mosley guy, who's their other corner, went down earlier this year. Um, I couldn't even tell you their safeties off the top of my head. I think Jimmy Ward maybe, and I feel like they might still have Jaquarski Tart, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I haven't looked at their roster yet. So, but nobody, nobody really in that secondary that really strikes fear deep into the bowels of me. So definitely as long as we can keep Justin Herbert protected, I think that Josh Palmer is going to find some holes and we can really do some damage there. So I think that those are really some keys to success. Yeah. I love that. That Josh Palmer key. Um, you know, he had a, a pretty good game this last week. Still, you know, the, the growing pains are, are pretty evident. I mean, you can have eight catches for 108 yards like he did, and people are still going to bring up and highlight the interception that bounced right off your fucking chest. Brutal. Um, yeah, just, I mean, again, a great game, um, you know, but if, if we're, if we're going to be critical of, of our own guys, which, look, some people don't like that, but that's just how we operate. You know, we're, we're not going to sugarcoat things. Um, you know, he, he's still he still has to step up and that was a great first step last week in Atlanta and um you know time to take another another step forward and show and show up at least hopefully you know this week and then he can get some um some uh some backup and some reinforcements next week either with Keenan finally being a go or maybe Mike Williams so we'll see how that goes yeah definitely i mean and you could build off that and say you know well, we need guys like DeAndre Carter, Michael Bandy, obviously, to step up as well, and Gerald Everett. But really, it, I think it's really going to come down to is Josh Palmer finding these holes? Really, is anybody finding these holes? But especially, Josh Palmer is going to be our best playmaker out there on the receiving core come Sunday. So I think it's another game that he really needs to step up. So we'll see how that goes. Am I seeing this wrong? Or did did Donald Parham get put on the IR? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna. Yeah, that's for some reason I was like I didn't. I noticed that he wasn't on the injury report, and I was like, wait, does that mean he's back? No, wait, I think he's on the IR. Yeah. So no, he is still out. But um, I like Everett. Everett's done his thing this year, so cool. Yeah, yeah. No, he again. I, I have him on my fantasy team, and it was it was both brutal to watch him drop that that thirty yard would have been like a thirty yard completion. Um, in the first drive in the second half uh, this last week in Atlanta. So um, same thing with him, man. He, he's he's shined, but he's also had a few head-scratching moments too, which, hey, it happens. None of these guys are perfect. Um, but it would be nice to see the first, quote-unquote, perfect Chargers game of the season on Sunday night. So 
All right, man, moving forward, this takes us to the bold takes. Ooh, I believe both of, both of us came up empty-handed last week on our bold takes. I'm trying to remember what mine was. Um, I don't even remember what damn. I don't remember what mine was. I don't even remember what mine was. But I know that neither one I know neither one of us got them right, but I can't quite remember usually, what it was. Usually we can remember these at least. Oh, you had some Oh fuck no, that was the week before. Was your something about turnovers? No, you said that Derwin James was gonna get a turnover, or Derwin James was just gonna have a big game. You said Derwin James was either gonna get a force fumble, recover fumble, or get a pick or something along those lines. He got a sack, and he's—I feel like that's kind of in his bag this year. He's collecting sacks, and then more than than I said that Justin Herbert would go for three hundred and two touchdowns. So, yeah, a little short on both of those. Uh, Not bad. I mean, we weren't too far off. I mean, Herbert had one, and then like. 245 i think i mean yeah but yeah neither one of us i think we're sitting you got two right so far in the season i've only got one both of us got them right week one and since then it's been a drop off but this is our yeah. this is, we're coming back this week we're coming back this week so yeah man um do you have one or do you want me to i have one but if you want here. to start you can go for it let's hear yours All right. so i'm thinking I literally just came up with this off the dome, so I could be just an idiot. But I think that this is going to be a prove-it game for this defense. Again, I, I just think the 49ers are solid all over. Quarterback play, not necessarily, but they have the weapons on offense to make up for it. And then defensively, that front seven is just frightening. Um, but I'm going to stick to our defensive side of the ball, 49ers offensive side of the ball. I think that this is going to be a big game for our defense. I think, shit, yeah, I think we're going to get three turnovers Sunday night. Um, three? I think we're going to get wow. three. I was yeah. going to say two, but like two, like I feel like two turnovers happen in a decent amount of how games. Many, how many picks? Uh, fuck if I know. Um, I'm also considering okay. turnovers on downs. Two, yeah, not, not not that it matters. I was just curious. Um, like, at least one, at least one. Pick. I'll go one pick. Could be two, could be three, but sure. I'll go with one. Okay. And then I'm I can see some force fumbles, uh, coming our way. Yeah, I could see a, I could see a strip sack. I could also see just a crazy like forced fumble. We'll probably get late in the game. Yeah, we'll probably get four force fumbles and recover none of them. So. <laughs> Hey, we've been actually we've actually turned that that's something we haven't talked about um in the last few weeks, but our luck is finally starting to turn around. I think uh the fact that we covered that that fumble late last week after Eckler fumbled it and then uh big man with football decided to cough it up. I mean, that was a that was a really good sign moving forward as to I think that right there might have exercised our our fumble demons. I hope so, because so. that was shit. That was lucky as hell. But fuck it, we got it done. But yeah, so I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna yeah. go three turnovers. I don't know. It just feels right. We're gonna roll with it. I like it, man. I am am gonna stay on a similar tune to one of my keys to the game. And as I mentioned, first key, Chargers have to figure out a way to run. On this defense, this defense has given up 86 yards a game. 
My bold take is that the Chargers rush for 120 plus Jesus. in this game. That's bold. I and here, hear me out. I'm hearing you. I think whenever, whenever a team, I think for the majority, you know, when they when they hit 100 yards, 100 plus in a game, there's usually one or two big runs that really are catalysts for that that rushing attack, and that just inflate the the rushing stats too so i'm i'm i can see you know isaiah spiller and austin eckler both getting hot finding some lanes and and breaking off a, a couple 15 20 30 yard gains um whether it be to start a drive um to cap off a drive i i, I again i know it's bold that's why i'm it's my bold that's take, really bold but 120 plus on the ground. Um, I think that bold take alone might be enough just to to win this game for the Chargers. You know, keep this defense gassed, keep Jimmy G in the offense and all those weapons on the sideline, and um, keep this this attack balanced enough where Herbert can sit down there and and uh, pick a few, you know few deadly throws and and just put this game away i like it man i I love it but that's wow you went you took bold to a new level so love it yeah now watch watch him come out and have like 18 at the half yeah probably let's be honest probably but hey i hope i hope that you're right because if that's the case and i feel like there's no way we could lose a game in which we rush for that many yards against a defense like that, but you may just need sixty from sixty from Ack and sixty from Spiller. There you go. All right. I love to hear it, man. And then we can sprinkle in a few from Justin. So Yeah, there you go. 10, 10 15 yard scramble. And then, throw that and in then there. it'll probably it'll probably sit right at like one twenty and then Sony Michelle will get like negative two. And then that's how that's how it'll go. So the the Nick Bosa just literally decides to eat Storm Norton and and carry Justin Herbert for a twenty yard set. I would hope not. I would rather that loss be on Sony Michelle's shoulders than Justin Herbert's shoulders, because then that's just gonna give Emmanuel Acho more content. So Oh fuck that. Whatever. Dude. But yeah, man, I love it. So three turnovers, one hundred and twenty rushing yards. You heard it here first. Let's get to our score predictions. I really want you to go first. Um, you picked us to lose last week. You were since um, been proven wrong, but that's why I really want you to go first. I love it, man. I want to hear it. That might be that might just be my new theme for the rest of the season. It, the reverse psychology. The yeah, just reverse psychology. The the wins losses and. It worked. See if it, it works. Worked. I mean, you're one for one, so shit. Could could be the difference. This is why I'm. This is why I'm a huge proponent in betting against your teams, because it's at the end of the day, it's kind of a win-win. You know. Yeah. It's like I lost my prediction, but I really won. You know, deep down, that's what. And I at care the end about, of the so. day, fuck the predictions. We just want the Chargers to win. So. Right, and it's like if you ever bet against your team, it's like if you lose. You're winning money, but if you win and you lose a few bucks, it's like, oh, fuck it. You know, I still won. Yeah, so for sure. Food for thought. For sure. But uh, no, man, I <clears throat> going back to 
you know, what I what I had mentioned earlier was I don't think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, I think this actually might be one of those weird games where there's a lot of offensive output and production, but it just doesn't translate to a lot of points. Um, I think this, you know, could be... I think this could be a game where there is just toe, toe shooting turnovers from both, both teams, you know, uh, march down the field, get into the red zone, fumble the ball or, you know, interception or miss field goal, or, you know, just, I think it's going to be a sloppy. I think it's going to be a battle. I am taking the chargers to win this. one. Wow. So I am back. I'm drinking the cool. No, nah, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, we saw what happened last week, but no, it's all right. I, I, that's, that's true. But I, I, I just feel good about this game. I did not feel good about the game last week. Um, fuck matchups. Fuck all that stuff aside. I just did not have a good feeling about the game last week. So that's what, that's why I went that way this week. I feel a little bit differently. Um, I think the vibe around the team has, has been good. You know, you've seen some reports on Twitter, about them blasting music in in the locker room. Um, You know, they changed up their Friday routine, I think at practice a little bit today. So um, they're having fun. They're, they're, they're uh, being loose. And I think that's, that's a good sign. So I think that, I think the chargers win a pretty insane game. Like, oh man, that should have been my other bold take. I was going to say game of the year, but I don't know. I I won't go that far, but I'm going to say, 2117 bolts. 2117 bolts. I fucking love it, man. Any any like any I know we've already done our bold predictions, but like any like how the game's going to go or Yeah, I think uh like I think this will be like a 17 third uh Yeah, I think this could be like a a 13 13 game or like a a 14 17 game going into the the last few minutes of the game uh with with the Chargers coming out on top so uh no I'm not going to get too crazy into it I just think I think for the most part it's going to be back and forth I mean like I said I think there's going to be a lot of offensive production with just a weird game where there's not a lot of scoring sloppy moments um and maybe even some poor coaching from both both sides so um yeah, I think it's going to be just a 2022 Chargers win, you know. I love it, man. Uh, roller coaster, get down early, fight back, insane fourth quarter, make everyone, you know, lose some hair or, or turn turn some hair gray, and uh, eventually we'll be happy with a, with a W. So Love it, man. Love it, man. So – I, I, I agree completely. Low-scoring game. I think that we're in for a fucking slugfest. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's just kind of a boring game to start and then things pick up a little bit, you know, kind of like kind of like similar to the Broncos game. Yeah. I was just going to say, look how they play the fucking Broncos, yeah. man. So similar to the Broncos game, really low-scoring to start out or really pr- pretty much through the whole game. I think it's going to be low-scoring in general, but especially to start out, um, and then I think, I think, 
I don't know if it's going to be one of those games that we've seen all year where they get out to a lead or somebody's going to get out to a lead. You know, it really could just be like a field goal game going into half. But I think at the end of the day, I'm I'm going to take the Chargers, seven-point dogs on the road. Um, I just think Justin Herbert's going to get it done in crunch time. Final score, I'm going to go 17-13 Chargers. Um, I think... My dream scenario, if I get this right, we'll, we could do this as another bull prediction, but I don't really think so. I, I could see this as, you know, 17-13, Niners have to – we force the Niners to punt with like six minutes left, and then Justin Herbert just has a vintage 95-yard drive to just drain the clock and end the game. And so I hope that's what happens. I'm going to go 17-13, Chargers we'll on prime time, uh, player of the game our defense. So yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. You're not feeling another, or maybe you, did, did you just say you were feeling another, uh, Dicker, the kicker game winner? Uh, maybe a Dicker, the kicker makes it a touchdown game instead of a, uh, okay. one, <laughs> one point game. But yeah, I, I, like I think we'll close it out in the end. I think our defense is going to, I think our defense is really going to prove it this game kind of like they did last week. So we'll see though. I love it, man. Um, all in all, vibes are good going into this week, this this big primetime matchup. Um, I think y- you had said something uh, prior about, uh, you know, if the Chargers lost last week, there's no way I would have picked them to win this week. And I really just think that is a great, like that's a great way to kind of sum up week to week how this season has gone. I mean, we've had our highs, we've had some lows, um, even with all the, the bodies missing and, and, uh, and injuries, it's look, we're still five and three. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, the morale around the team is high. And, um, for some reason, this just does not feel like a, a super tough game, even though I know it's going to be, um, that's kind of where I'm feeling just, just vibe wise. I just, uh, again, which is so, that's, what's so crazy about this league is, you know, you go into a, a game last week against an Atlanta team who really is just kind of a 500, you know, don't know if they're really a playoff team quite yet, but scrappy 500 team. And I felt so much worse about going into Atlanta than I do about, yes, another 500 team in San Francisco, but way more um, powerful, way more dangerous. Um, And I just don't, I don't feel that intimidated. So just crazy how that works. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Like, I just think it's, it's just like the whole rotation, you know, this team gets me down, picks me back up and fuck, here I am with as high of hopes as ever. So (laughs) But we'll see. Yeah, man. We'll um, see what happens. Sunday night's gonna well, be it it's gonna enough. be a fun one, man. So it will. It will. Make sure you have your your, your beers ready. Um I don't know what what we'll do for food. Maybe we'll come up with a a good meal to make Sunday night too. It's always just man, prime time, like when you when you're waiting for your team to come on, like if you have dinner in the in the oven or getting ready to come out and then um, you know, Sunday night, the uh, is it is it Carrie Underwood that does the uh, Sunday night anthem? Sunday night. 
yeah Ooh, i know so man, just just that right there and then she she fits in the team names within her god there's nothing hotter there's yeah. nothing hotter than that but man that's like a, a top top five living moment of all time just waiting for your team on sunday night good stuff man um anything else you want to add into this discussion before we call it quits no i got nothing um it's a good week to be a charger coming off a big win uh coming off of the banishment of number 99 from the team um you know it oh yes yeah, so i suppose we can probably spend a second on that. well we mentioned um, it earlier but yeah jerry tillery no longer with the chargers so which you were actually i think i don't think i found out until your text because i was i, w- I wasn't on twitter a lot last night um i watched i was watching a documentary on hulu and then i thought i'd replied to your text because you texted me and you said, are, you, are we smoking that Jerry Tillery pack? <laughs> um, logged on to Twitter, immediately saw all the, uh, the I would call it, I don't know, rejoicing, celebrating. Um, maybe there were some sad fans, but I don't know any. Yeah. Definitely wasn't no, me. No, not me either. So, so. kind of, I, I, I would say, I will say this. The only, I think, kind of surprising thing about the whole uh ordeal is just the timing yeah no definitely like this seemed like a deal that was gonna get done before the season and then he he was kind of having a resurgence season i mean he was playing the best that we've seen him play he, but he he was finally like i think adjusting to the role that he is and should be going forward for whoever decides to pick him up and it, that's Look, this guy is going to make a living being a rotational pass rusher. And that's just, look, as a first-round draft pick, he should be more than that. Um, that's why he is considered a bust. But, look, I, I think this guy's still got some decent playing days left, um, but not with the Chargers, and we'll see where he lands. But, uh, yeah, I just think if teams if teams can accept that and, and realize that, I think it can be a good commodity for for a team, especially when you talk about depth pieces, man. Um, you know, he, he could be a good depth piece for someone. Yeah, 100%. So, hope he lands on his feet elsewhere, um, but kind of happy he's not going to be in the powder blue anymore. So, R.I.P. R.I.P. Rest in piss, Bozo. Um, no longer a charger. Man, too bad. R.I.P. Jer. But he was a fun meme while it lasted, though. That's for sure. So, whatever. But go yeah. Bolts. And I, I met I met his dad's his dad's former teammate in Houston because we we parked. Did I tell you that? Story? Yeah, you, we said it on. We told it on the pod as well. So okay. Yeah. 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 So I, whatever that's worth. But that was cool. So that was my uh, Jerry Tillery experience, really. But. Um, no, other than that, man, um, I don't have anything other to add. Uh, have a good weekend. Go Huskers, go Chargers, and um, we'll pick this back up either Sunday night or Monday, depending on how the weekend goes. But um, until then, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Powder Hour Pod LA for all the latest updates about the podcast and, of course, about our Chargers. And don't forget to bolt up.
Peace.